0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to be speaking with Mickey Vanderloo, who is president of Lakeview Consulting and finding out about grants in the manufacturing industry. And, Lou, you've had a pre-show conversation with Mickey, and she has an upcoming article in Manufacturing Outlook Easy that's going to be coming out mid-month August for everyone to look for. So, I know you're excited to talk to Mickey about what she's doing.
1: uh, Absolutely. And uh, when I heard about her and I read the the things that she is going to be telling us about, uh, I felt as though that this is a a must-have for manufacturers to be aware of information that they normally would not get. We've, We've said that many, many times. Uh, and that's going to be the case here. I, I don't believe that uh, the, the the wide market is uh, fully cognizant of grant grant programs and various ways that you can get uh, help. So, uh, Mickey, why don't you uh, tell us about you, and then let's get right to the right to the meat.
2: Absolutely, and thank you so much for having me, Tim and Lou. I'm very happy to be here today. Uh, my name is Mickey Vandelew. As as Lou said, I'm the president of Lakeview Consulting. Lakeview Consulting is a team of grant professionals that helps the manufacturing community find and access grants to fund their success. So I started this company a little over 10 years ago, but I had over 25 years in the manufacturing industry. Um, I graduated with an industrial degree, industrial engineering degree, um, from the University of Illinois a long time ago, and uh, worked in manufacturing. Loved still love manufacturing I I believe it's truly one of the best uh, economic engines that we have in this in this country and I'm still a very strong proponent for manufacturers but I worked in all areas uh, from engineering project engineering to business development to management uh, quality and what I found in working in manufacturing is that I knew about grants because of experience that I had had through some of my work And that didn't translate to the owners of companies um, and even my own employers. So if I came to them and said, hey, we're doing this training, we need to get a training grant, they would say, what's a training grant? Um, And so I found that to be just the case with almost everybody that I talked to. So I uh, I left the manufacturing world about four years ago and went full time into this business and now uh, take great pleasure in educating manufacturers around the country about grants and incentives.
1: Well, uh, that's uh, a great theme and uh, we also uh, believe uh, in, in similarly. Uh, mm-hmm. In that we bring information to the forefront, so let's now, now that we know all about you, look to us about grants and, and uh, whatever other instruments there might be available to manufacturing. because Lord knows with uh, 2019 there are a lot of people out there who are uh, in desperate need of funds, um, you know for all the reasons that we all know about. So sure. why don't you take it away.
2: Sure. So, um, basically, a grant just to basically define it is funding that's supplied to a company to get an outcome of some kind, and an outcome is what's going to change. So, in manufacturing, the primary reasons that companies would get funding would be, in in typical times, I'm going to say, would be job creation, facilities expansion, facility investment in equipment. Um, particularly if it has a recycling nature to it or an energy savings nature to it, Um, training, research and development. So all of these things are reasons why people fund manufacturing activities. So it's economic development related. So the majority of grants for manufacturers come from economic development organizations that are part of the state government. And those economic development organizations create grant programs like training programs, training grant programs, to fund people getting greater skills to do their job. And the reason why they provide those grants is because that has an economic development outcome to it. If a person is better skilled, they're better able to do their job. The company is better able to sell its services. The company is better able to produce product the company is better able then to hire more people because they've got more sales. So all of it goes back to an economic development outcome that they are funding. So what happens in in typical times, and I say this because for years, training grants have been around and export grants have been around and uh, grants to mitigate mitigate import uh, effects on companies have been around. But in this time of COVID, they're also looking for outcomes that are a little different. So in COVID, um, new grants came out to help businesses keep their employees safe, to help uh, you know put shields in front of their equipment and to help uh, purchase masks and things like that. So it went beyond mm-hmm. the typical economic development to let's help these companies survive. Let's help these companies keep their people safe. Um, The other part of COVID grants is that they've also addressed retooling that companies have had to do, because a lot of companies have shifted what they're producing from maybe they were making um, graphic design products for trade shows. Well, now there's no trade shows. So maybe they shifted to making the decals that you see on the grocery store floors. And I know of a company that did this. They They can be funded by the state, to purchase that equipment, to make that a part of their market that they are going to serve from now on. So it's created these opportunities. And, you know, when, when I when I talk about the pandemic, where a lot of people talk about the fact that it's scary and, and it's uh, disastrous to the economy, and I, I don't question that at all. But what I think is that it's created these opportunities for innovation. And it's created this innovative culture and if you look at almost every crisis in america's history it's produced innovation and so what i believe is going to happen is that the federal government and the state governments are going to get on this bandwagon as they already have and say we want to continue to encourage this because companies are being more innovative now therefore they can contribute more to the economy again it just goes back to that economic development outcome so that is Those. That's what grants are right now, um, and and the the same old grants are still there, but then there's this twist with COVID.
1: Yeah, you know, that twisted everyone.
2: Mhm.
1: Okay, uh,
0: Mickey, so uh, I just wanted to, Mickey. You and I had a chance to talk pre-show about um, how the grant writer is compensated. And you were yep. very kind to explain it in a way that makes a lot of sense. I think manufacturers okay. need to understand that as well. So I ask you to share that with our, uh, our listeners, please.
2: Sure. So the way we are compensated, um, the, the most question, common question I get when I'm interacting with a company is, well, do you take a percentage of the grant? And uh, I, I laughingly tell them that if I could – I would have retired many years ago but um, because I've gotten over $70 million of grant funding for my clients. So uh, do the math and know know that I probably could have retired very rich, very young. But um, the way we are compensated, I, I work on a flat fee basis. So it takes me X number of hours to write a grant. And what I do is I estimate my work based on that time, very similar to what manufacturers do when they estimate a product. And what I tell a lot of my clients is, you get paid for the work you put into that product and the materials that you put into that product. That's what we're getting paid for. We're getting paid for the work, the time that we spend writing the grant, the time we spend managing the project. Um, That's the work that we're getting paid for. Um, And what we commit to our clients is, we are going to give you the most competitive grant application given the information you provide us. So that's really all I can promise. I can never promise a client that they're going to get a grant, because there's so many other things that are involved. But we work on a flat fee basis. Um, we do our grant research on a standard flat fee, and then we do um, the grant writing. is just based on the complexity of the grant. So it's uh, more the more complex the grant, the more um, we are going to charge to write the grant, because it's going to take us more time to do it. Uh,
1: I understand how, how that uh, can be a daunting uh, project. How would, um, I, I, let's say we are a manufacturer and uh, I, I, need a, I, need, I need money. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. looking at, at a typical situation. Uh, I, I need, um, need $100,000 to upgrade my equipment so that I can be competitive and not go out of business. What okay. would I do? what would i do first well, well first you think you about first well that's that's true but uh, let's uh, give a, the wider the wider view as to what options are uh, available uh, sure. other, other than a uh, uh, a a consultative group who obviously has expertise in the process and how how the how to's and what to's so uh sure. so we we know about the independence are uh, are there any direct grants that uh, uh, a a employer a manufacturer can go directly to in the state and or federal government
2: sure, or do you have so to go to the le-
1: department
2: right um so most of the manufacturing funding goes to the state's economic development department. So I'm in Illinois. Um, it's the Illinois Department of Commerce, and I think it's still Economic Opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. That is, Those are the people that fund most of the grants. So if you're looking to put $100,000 into a piece of equipment, what I would ask is exactly how are you spending that money? So what portion of that is equipment cost? What portion of that is training cost? Is it all equipment costs? So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Right. Makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Because depending and- on what the, how that breaks down, um, there might be more than one source of funding for that. So for the training, you might be able to access a training grant. For the equipment, you might be able to access a tax credit that would fund uh, a portion, maybe fund the sales tax, that would maybe fund a portion of the equipment depending on what the outcome of the – if it's a – a particularly innovative piece of equipment, maybe your state will offer a tax credit. But if you're a manufacturer who is looking to grow, is looking to do any type of investment, um, you can always go to the state economic development website. Um, And the way I tell manufacturers to do that is type in your state name in Google, comma, economic development. And usually it will take you right to that state's economic development website. Um, Then once you're there, you can always put in the search bar grants, and sometimes it will take you there. It will probably give you a lot of different results. You really have to kind of muddle through those state websites. So that's what makes mm-hmm. the research for grants so complex, because it's not easy, easy to find. There's no good databases to find that information.
1: Got so it. So it, you really have to have uh, the insight expertise, which, of course, mm-hmm. manufacturers don't have. They only know how to mm-hmm. make things mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's um, uh, when you said earlier in the show, you, you referred to time, and I realize that uh, every project uh, uh, requires a different amount of input time-wise and talent and so on and so forth. How long does it take to, take to do a typical uh, research for a grant and then the writing of the grant?
2: Well, it takes us about um, about four, twenty hours. A lot of times, ten to twenty hours, depending on mm-hmm. the complexity of the project. Um, right. I can tell you that it would probably take a non-grant professional a lot longer, um, just because we know where to go to look. We've we've made that our business. Um, right. As far as writing a grant, um, the time that we take to write a grant or the time that anybody would take to write the grant is really directly proportional to the size of the grant. So um, the different types of funding that are available for manufacturers are um, like state sources of funding. Like right now, um, different states have COVID funding for businesses. A lot of times that's just a pretty simple application. You have to, maybe you have to submit some financials and you have to fill out this application, but it's not a lot of work. It's not going to take a lot of time to do that. Um, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a state grant to offset the cost of the equipment, that's probably going to be a little bit more complex of an application, but you might be able to get 50000 or 75000 or even $250,000. Um, if you're looking for a federal grant, like if you're a high technology company and you want to apply to um, a program through the National Science Foundation or you want to apply for... Um, SBIR, which is Small Business Innovation Research and Small Business Technology Transfer funding, um, that those applications take many hours. They take um, upwards of um, 75 to 90 hours to put together. So, you know, this year, But you're also going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars of funding, if not millions of dollars. So what I've found in general is that the the amount of time that it takes is directly proportionate to the size of the award. Mm-hmm. Makes
1: sense. Makes sense. Uh, regarding uh, the uh, the grants and, and the fact that some manufacturers don't know anything about them, and then there are those who are educated and wise to it, but they don't want to pursue getting mm-hmm. grant money. Uh, right. Can you? Uh, have you run
2: across that? Um, yeah, I have. It's not very often because I, I the first category that you talked about is probably ninety five to ninety eight percent of of my clients. Um, when I mm-hmm. when I first talk to a client, the first thing I ask him is, "Do you have any experience with grants?" And they'll either say no, or they'll say, "Well, we've done a training grant through the local community college," um, which. Usually the college fills out and doesn't require a lot of effort on their, on their part. But I do run across clients on occasion that um, know about grant funding and don't want to do it. And there's a few reasons. Um, one is that they don't want to put the time into it, um, which I understand. Um, I can also, I also try to remind them that, you know, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars. So, you know, your time, how valuable is your time? You know, so um, what's your outcome going to be? I've also had clients that, um, and actually not clients, but I've known of companies that don't pursue grants because they don't want to share their financials. Um, usually the funder will have a mechanism for protection of the financials, or they'll only ask for the very basic financials. They will never ask for more that than is in a tax, uh, a tax filing. So they'll probably ask for a cash flow statement, maybe a balance sheet um, for the last three years. Usually it's those two items, three years. Um, some companies just don't want to provide that. They're very private. They're privately owned, and they don't want to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. another reason, Another reason that I've seen is that there's a belief and a misperception that the funds that that manufacturer might receive through a grant takes away funding from other deserving organizations, like social service organizations. And my way of educating is saying, Um, Basically, that's a budget, a pool of budget money that economic development gets, and that is separate from what is given to those social service agencies. So pulling from that pool does not pull from that social service pool. It just pulls from the economic pool. So um, those are the main reasons why clients say they don't want to do it, and sometimes I'm able to sway them, and quite honestly, sometimes I'm not. And I tell companies, if you're not comfortable applying for the funds, I completely understand. That's, it's a choice, and at least you're making an educated choice. So, um, but that's a pretty small portion of the clients that I deal with. So,
1: how, being that we're talking about time, how much time is the, the business owner, is he directly involved in uh, the process uh, taking away from his, uh, uh, you know, the, the money generator.
2: So what I tell my clients is, um, hire us to do what we do best so you can do what you do best. I worked in manufacturing, and I know how busy manufacturing leaders are. So, yes, we do work with companies when we apply for grants, but what we try to do, and even when we research grants, but what we try to do is really minimize the amount of time they have to spend. So we have um, processes in place. We have a process in place for writing grants. So basically, we get a lot of information up front, and then we go in and do the writing and everything. Then we ask the client to re- review it, which might take a half an hour of their time. Um, maybe we'll have meetings with the clients on a regular basis if it's a pretty large grant. We tend to do that. Um, but we try to minimize the time that they they need to devote to the project, because that's what they're hiring us to do. That's what we do best, and they need to do what they do best. So. We really try to be aware of that and try to minimize that. And
1: I, I'll, I'll, I'll put, you, I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Um, your closure rates on getting yep. grants. Yep. This is a very important so, number. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: So um, state grants, um, I, I divided into state and federal grants because, and I'll tell you why as I explain this. State grants. Um, tend to be less competitive. They are somewhat competitive. Um, we're probably in the 90-some percentile range for state mm-hmm. grants. Mm-hmm. Um, for federal grants, we probably close about 50 to 60% of the grants that we write. Not, um,
0: not bad. But that is, not bad. that's
2: actually above, you know, it's really not bad. And I And I really try, when we do our research, I really try to connect that manufacturer to their best, uh, best possible source of funding, the, most, mm-hmm. the best right. fit to what they have going on. And that's going to increase their likelihood of success. Um, and by the way, most of the time when we do grant research, unless it's a very high technology company, I'm going to tell them to apply for the state grants first and anything that's kind of the low-hanging fruit first and then go for the federal grants. Now, if I really wanted to be greedy, <laughs> I would tell them <laughs> the federal grants because we can charge more for that. But what I do, I, I care enough about my clients to not have them waste their time. And I, I'm very honest in saying, if you're going to apply for an SBIR grant, um, you're only going to be, it's, the, the first time you apply, there's only about a 30% chance of success. And it doesn't matter how good your innovation mm. and, your, and your research is. Um, it's a 30% hit rate. If you apply three times, you move up to maybe a 60 or 70% hit rate in that program. It's that competitive. So that's almost never where I'm going to take a client to the first time. And if they say they want to do it, I give them those those percentages and say, are you sure you want to do it? Because you're paying us to do something that very well might not be successful the first time. Mm-hmm. And companies mm-hmm. choose to do it. They want to take the chance. But, um, you know, I try to be very honest with my clients about that. But those are our hit rates. Those are our, those are our close rates. And, and well, they're above I'm... average yeah, yeah I
1: would say that uh, I'd be uh, pretty proud of those numbers uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Frankly, I would have thought that the closure rate is like one in three, one in four uh,
2: yeah yeah you know,
1: I've been in manufacturing and put out many proposals and many uh, RFqs and uh, you know it's not a big it's not a big closure rate. Uh so
2: yeah,
1: I yeah. I'm I'm accustomed to that. So sixty percent cheers to you. Not bad
2: thank, at thank all. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I do think it's because we try to connect our clients with clients, grants that are a really good fit for them. You know, that's well, let's, that's what let's it comes get down your,
1: to. let's get your website and your uh email uh that uh, you would like perhaps our uh listeners to avail themselves of. Uh, sure. and your what your website is
2: uh, www.lakeviewconsulting, all one word, dot net, and it's L A K E V I E W consulting dot net.
1: Very good. And uh, do you have a sales email or sales department email you'd like like to be contacted to? I have too? I have
2: my email, so they can they can email me directly at Mickey M I C K I at lakeviewconsulting dot net
1: excellent excellent very good They're very interesting and uh might want to ha- might have an, an idea for us to talk about
2: awesome.
1: <laughs> so we uh we'll we'll be in touch
2: sounds great well thank Mickey, you so much for the opportunity
1: sure thing. Mickey,
0: i want to congratulate you on two things that you have brought forth in this discussion which i personally experienced because i was a volunteer with a wildlife sanctuary and yeah. one of my yeah. one of the things I took on was writing grants. And yeah. there are a couple of things that are challenging when you do that. Number one, knowing what to look for. Okay okay I want to get funds mm-hmm. for X over here, but what source do I look at? State, federal foundations, mm-hmm. nonprofits mm-hmm. and they have their own criteria and their own timing, and then knowing mm-hmm. where to look, and knowing where in mm-hmm. a state do you look for a grant. Where in the federal government do you look mm-hmm. for a grant? The federal government says, oh, yeah, we have grants available. Oh, yeah, that's great. You only have 1,482 different departments.
2: Which one would you
1: apply to? So true. So true. How about the grants department?
2: Yeah. <laughs> there isn't, that would be but, novel, Lou. <laughs> yeah. Or you
1: just cut through the uh, the noise there.
2: <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's and there's a lot of noise. Um, believe me, because if you even if you go to grants.gov, if you type in any term, you're probably going to get ten thousand results. Literally ten thousand <laughs> results. If you do a Google search for grants, I did this one time and I just did like grants. And I I think there was, like, hundreds of thousands of results. And then if I did grants for a state, then it went down to, like, 400,000. So it's a pretty tangled web of – now, nonprofits do have a database. Um, The Foundation Center database is a wonderful database for nonprofits, and I I have long made it my dream that I I could create something like that for the manufacturing community, but – yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Absolutely.
0: Now, this is the difference between being dropped in a jungle and being <laughs> dropped in a jungle with a guide. Exactly. <laughs> who, who knows how to get the hell out of the jungle. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, Mickey, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate having this chance to chat with you.
2: I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Take care, guys. Take, you take, take care.
0: You. It was it was okay,
2: fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Yeah. And we've been talking with with Mickey Vanderloo, who is president of Lakeview Consulting. Be sure to look them up at lakeviewconsulting.net, .net in this case. And you can always find this radio show and some additional links to some of Lakeview Consulting's documents at MFGTalkRadio.com. There's always a list of the. Ten most recent shows right in the center of the homepage at the top. And if you'd like to listen to some of our other podcasts, go to Jacket Media CO, JacketMediaCO.com, and you can find Manufacturing Talk Radio along with the WAM podcast. You can find Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, who talks about the economy in manufacturing. Where is Willie, who reports from the shop floors where he's visiting. Hazard Girls, which talks about unusual roles women have in industry and full-time with Amy, who talks about that careful work-life balance. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
2: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.